Hello and welcome to the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show. Your hosts for this hour are Sharon and Skip Langing. After 43 years of marriage and working together as psychics and mediums, we perform private readings as well as put on over 64 events each year for you to experience the metaphysical, learn a whole lot of things, and we do it all the while by keeping it fun, real, and down to earth. Yeah, I'm here. I know he said my name, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, the Psychic Spectrum's website is psychicspectrum.com, where you can learn more about our events we create and host and where we are. You can also schedule a private reading with Skip and I or talking to the other side private reading with an appointment with the two of us. It tells you how to do it there. And in a few moments, we're going to be taking calls from you, and you can talk with our guest, Michael Cremo. So you can call now and get in line. The numbers are 425-373-5527 or toll-free, 888 5569 can I, can I ask what Mr. Cremo is talking about? Mr. Cremo wrote so a book. So people know? Wrote a book, has written many books, but wrote a book in particular about the, it's called Forbidden Archaeology, the History of the Human Race. And okay. it's all the things that we never get to hear about or we're not told about us and where we came from in our history. Well, I like anything that says forbidden. All right. So right now we're going to go take a little uh, break for a little bit of an announcement here. and We'll be right back with Michael Cremo. Ginger's Pet Rescue is one of the largest nonprofit pet rescue organizations in Washington State, specializing in saving death row dogs. As of this airing, Ginger's Pet Rescue has saved well over 17,000 dogs. Go to the website and find an adoption event near you. You can also volunteer to help at events, or you can foster a dog until they can be adopted. Ginger's Pet Rescue is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and accepts your tax deductible donations. The website again is gingerspetrescue.org. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. Okay, I want to make sure we thank and acknowledge our call screener, Sharon James, who is not only our call screener and a psychic at the showcase, but also one of my very, very, very best friends. Thank you, Sharon, for doing what you do. And um, also I want to thank our production engineer, uh, Michael Roberge, who is a wizard behind the man behind the curtain that makes everything sound good. So thank you, Michael. Today we're talking to the American author and researcher Michael Cremo. We're taking calls from you, and you can talk with our guests, so call now and get in line if you want to to ask all those important questions you always wondered about. And um, our, our car numbers are 425-373-5527 and toll-free at 888-298-5569. So as Sharon said, our guest today is Michael Cremo. I'm going to give a real quick bio here and then go directly to Michael. And Michael was born in New York and now resides in Los Angeles, California. He's an American freelance researcher and author who identifies himself as a Vedic creationist and an alternative archaeologist. Michael has authored six books and countless presentations and articles about Hindu spirituality and other topics. Michael has appeared in a history uh, channel television series called Ancient Aliens, and in 2010, a miniseries of the same name. I love that show. Michael, welcome to our show, and thank you for spending the time with us today. Good to be with you and all your listeners. Ah, thank you. Say, uh, oh, go ahead. I want to say hi, Michael. Hi, Shar. <laughs> so, uh, Sharon and I have been uh, not, we haven't read your books. I'm going to be honest about that, because we haven't had the chance to get to them yet. But we've listened to you many mm -hmm. times on the radio and at other places. And like I said earlier, in 1993, you co-authored a book called Forbidden Archaeology, The Hidden History of the Human Race. Um, and that's piqued our interest. So tell us a little bit about the book, would you? Yes. Uh, yeah, the way that came about has uh, a lot to do with the way I grew up. You know, my father was a military intelligence officer, so that meant a couple things for me as I was growing up. One thing it meant, I was moving to a lot of different places. You know, our, our family moved around quite a bit in the United States and around the world. And I got exposed to a lot of different cultures and worldviews. Mm -hmm. 
And one of the ones I found most fascinating was the spiritual worldview of ancient India. And I became interested in yoga and meditation. And eventually I became the disciple of a guru from India, Bhaktivedanta Swami. And uh, as part of my learning experiences, I began to read the ancient Sanskrit writings of India. Oh, and, that's interesting. And in them, I found accounts of humans' populations living on Earth millions and millions of years ago. And, you know, that was something quite different from anything I had learned from my teachers in high school or university. Mm-hmm. Yep. Most scientists uh, believe that humans like us came into existence less than 200,000 years ago. So to hear about human civilizations that existed in the distant past many millions of years ago, going all the way back to the very beginnings of the history of life on Earth, was really quite astonishing for me. So I began to wonder, is there any factual basis for this, or is it just mythology? Of course, if you look in the current textbooks of archaeology, you're only going to see the discoveries that support the now dominant consensus in the scientific world about human origins and antiquity. Mm-hmm. But I decided I, I wasn't going to confine my research to what's in the textbooks today. Uh-huh. I thought, let me look into the actual history of archaeology. Let me dig into the original scientific reports published by archaeologists, geologists, and others. And when I did that, when I dug into the original scientific reports, I found many cases of scientists finding human bones, human artifacts, and human footprints going mm-hmm. back many millions of, of, of years. So that was really quite astonishing wow. for me. You know, I, I thought if this evidence really is there in the original scientific reports, then why isn't it in the the textbooks today? Exactly. And I, I think it's because of a process of knowledge filtration. Absolutely, that it has to in be. The scientific world. Sharon well, has a question I for gotta, you. Now. Well, I, and it may be a stupid question, but then there are no stupid questions. <laughs> I, I I want to understand why you term yourself alternative archaeologist. What, what's the alternative part about it? Well, the alternative part has to do not only with human antiquity, but human nature. I mean, many scientists today believe that we're just machines made of molecules were, were just purely material beings. Oh. But, you know, after people read my book, Forbidden Archaeology, they asked me if you've got all this evidence that contradicts the current theories of human origins, where do you think human beings came from? Oh, that's a good and question. I said, I, I said, and to answer that question, I wrote a book called Human Devolution, mm-hmm. a Vedic alternative to Darwin's theory. Oh. And what I said there is, before we even ask the question, where did human beings come from, we should first of all ask the question, what is a human being? And as I said, most scientists today think we're purely material beings. We're just machines made of molecules. Yeah. But I think if you look at all the evidence it becomes obvious that we're much more than that, that originally we're beings of pure consciousness, and Mm -hmm. and somehow or other we have come in contact with matter. Matter doesn't produce consciousness. Consciousness has its own independent existence apart from matter, and it can act on matter in ways that we can't, explained by our current laws in physics. Exactly. I guess that takes us into your topic. Yeah. 
the psychic yes, realm. Yes, it does. Right, the yeah, metaphysical, you know, that's, yeah. That's a deep thought right there. It yeah. really is. I mean, that really makes you think. And, you know, I have to say something real quick. Uh, we also have a caller we want to take in a couple seconds, but mm-hmm. she has a question. But I want to say something when with that I know from personal experience. What you're talking about and do relates or fits into, melds into the metaphysical uh, and the spiritual side of things. And uh, we believe in that, Sharon, I believe in that 100%. But the thing that happens, like when people use the word Hindu or Vedic, I think it's like, oh, God, no, I can't, I can't, I don't want to go to that. Ah. That's, that's like, oh, that's more than I can handle. It's too much. It's too mysterious. I don't know about it. So they shy away from it. But I'm telling you that that's just human. That, that well, yes, but it's it, it, human side. That is a very spiritual practice yes, or belief. Is. Okay, yeah. that's all. I'll just I'll just kind of define it as that. But um, like I said, we believe in that a hundred percent. The spiritual side of things, like you had said, mm-hmm. consciousness and matter. Yep. So, anyhow, can you want to take a call now, um, Michael? Yeah, I don't mind taking a call whenever you think it's appropriate. Okay. Let's do it. Well, let's talk with Katie in Seattle. Katie, welcome to our show, and uh, you have a question for Michael? Hi, thank Hi. you for having me. Uh-huh. Um, Thanks for calling. You know, I'm not really sure what the topic is other than can I ask a question? Oh, sure. Um, I wonder if I can get a reading, um, <laughs> possibly about my career. Oh, <clears throat> Actually, excuse me. I just choked myself oh. up there. Actually, <laughs> actually I want. Uh, do you want to do this now, or do you want to um, take this for next week? No, I think we should do it now. Okay, Michael, hold on about. just one second. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Okay. No, that's what we're all about. So the question was, what can we tell you about what your your um, career? My career. Okay, that's a situational thing. Skip does much all right, better let's on go the real situational quick things. So I, I'm more into the inner self. Um. What I'm thinking here or what I'm getting is that there's there's a hurdle and then there's two problems that you have to solve or work out. But then there's going to be a change in your career. And I I, and I don't think it's a change of I think it's a change in your career. And I think you're going to do something that melds or or blends in with another practice or another approach. The Uh The only word that they gave me was move. Yeah. So and you're either moving somewhere or you're moving to another place, or another right. part of the career. There's there's a move. Uh, but I think uh-huh. you can expect it all to fall into place before November. Oh, wonderful. Right I before, appreciate that. Right before November. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you so much. Okay. And hey, by the way, next week, Sharon and I are going to yep. be the guests on the show. If you have more questions, call back then because we're going to do nothing but the whole hour of doing readings for people. Oh, wonderful. Something, I'll do something that. tells me, too, Katie, that in September. Which we're in now, before the end of September, you're going to hear some kind of information that you're going to, that's going to motivate you to do something in your career. Oh, wonderful. I think All it's. Right, a, I look forward to that. Yeah. Okay. The, I think it's the latter part, double digit numbers of September. Okay. Thank you very much. Right. I'll call next week. Okay, okay cool. Katie, thanks, thanks, Katie. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, Michael, we're back to you. Thank you for your patience on that. And um, that's yeah. just one of our, our normal practices that we do. And a person calls in, they have questions about it. We'll try to answer them, give them something. But, you know, I want to go to another another part of your, your research here. Your book argues that modern man has existed as long as 30 to 40 million years ago. And I can see that, definitely. But I can also see more than that. Is, is that, like you mentioned, 200 million years or something, didn't you? Yeah. Well... Uh, this gets back to the Vedic cosmology, where the idea is that the universe goes through vast cycles of creation and destruction. Uh-huh. And you know, we have to think, well, what is the actual purpose of the universe that we live in? Yeah. I say it's, it's deliberately manifested to give an alternative reality for conscious selves who are not fit to exist on what I call the level of pure consciousness. That's pretty deep. Which I tell you. Which is ruled by the principle of harmonious loving exchanges 
between all beings of pure consciousness and their source. Yes. So if a conscious self becomes egotistical, selfish, domineering, exploiting, controlling, it can't exist on that level. So there has to be some alternative place for it, and that's this universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would mean for me that conscious selves have been inhabiting this universe from the very beginning. It's sort of like, you know, if a company makes a mobile phone, it makes a mobile phone because it knows there's already a customer who's going to buy it and use it. Mm -hmm. It's not that somebody makes uh, a mobile phone and hopes that somehow or other, millions of years later, a human being might evolve that would use it. So I think our universe is something like that, and that conscious cells in human bodies capable of understanding their nature if they want to. Of course, they can just get more and more involved in trying to dominate, control, and exploit others and the material resources, but you know, in the human form of life, mm -hmm. there's also the opportunity to understand what we really are and what we should be doing and where we should be going. So I think that opportunity has been there since the beginning. True. And I do, too. So that, that would mean the human form has been here ever since the beginning of the universe. I, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, that falls in line with, we, Michael, we have a good friend ch named Charles, and I hope Charles is listening today. Hi, Charles. And he's asked me well, a long time ago, <laughs> and I have thought about this a lot over the years, and I'm talking probably a, at least a decade ago, but he said, what is the true meaning of spirituality? And I think you just defined it <laughs> in all that explanation you gave. So, Charles, I hope that yeah. gives you and me a better answer. <laughs> At least that's that's closer to the way I feel about it and how I can explain it. But isn't, isn't it cool, though, how everything that, that we have been involved in or learned about or whatever, mm -hmm. how it all just kind of all melds together? Right. And, and, it's, it, and it, it incorporates it's, it's the things that, that Michael just yeah, explained. Yeah, but, I mean, it's like, it's like taking the human spirit and evolving it to a more evolved consciousness, yeah, you and know, which involves love. I mean, if you don't have love, you can't do nothing, you know? Ab absolutely. So I, 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 have, I have tons of questions for you, Michael, but I have something I want to come over and talk about, about your book, about critics and um, the documentation that you have, the evidence in the book, over 900 pages of it. But we're going to take a real short break here in just a moment, and um, we'll be back. We're going to want to talk one, about one of our Psychic Spectrum events, but we'll be back with Michael Cremo and discuss more about the real history of the human race. The Psychic Showcase is a weekly event that Sharon and Skip have been doing for eight years in Fife at the Poodle Dog Restaurant. It's called the Psychic Showcase because we showcase some of the most talented speakers, readers, astrologers, and palmists on the West Coast. This is a weekly event, and it's every Wednesday evening. Come in early and get a psychic reading, an astrology reading, or a palmistry reading, or more from one of the most highly professional readers on our panel. You can order from the menu and have dinner and desserts before or during the event. The doors open at 5.30 p.m. for readings, and the program starts at 7. Admission is just $5 per person, and everyone who attends gets a free psychometry reading from someone on the panel. For more information on this and our other events, go to our website at PsychicSpectrum.com. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. And this hour of the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show is being broadcast from the Ginger's Pet Rescue Studio here at 1150 KKNW. We urge you to attend one of her pet adoption events held every weekend very near you. And, and go to gingerspetrescue.org um, for more information. She also has fundraisers every now and then that you could go and help out. And yes. Just check out everything that goes on. And it, it, it they're, is they're it really is, fun. It is a nonprofit organization and it does accept donations yes, and it needs do. support. Yes, but rescuing do. over almost 20,000 dogs now 
uh, worldwide. She calls them death row dogs because she takes them from death row dogs. Yes, they're almost ready row. to go bye-bye. So we're back with Michael Cremo, our guest, and his book is called Forbidden Archaeology, The Hidden History of the Human Race. You know, Skip, um, he says the humans have been around forever. Mm-hmm. Well, I totally agree with him because if you look at me without my makeup in the morning, it's pretty <laughs> evident. <laughs> All right. Michael, your work has been criticized and by mainstream Darwinian people and their beliefs. They accept your, your book as pseudo-scientific. And, and that's the same thing that people say about the psychic mm. and the intuitive side and that kind yeah. of thing, that it's a pseudo-thing, pseudo-science, pseudo-practice. And you just explained to us before the break that, that, that it, it can't be that way. And, and that's, I mean, there's no possibility that it's pseudo. There's so much evidence which takes me into what I wanted to ask you about. Your book has over 900 pages of documented evidence that show that modern or that m- modern man did not evolve from apes like the common belief, but we've coexisted for millions and millions of years. So it's you say that the scientific establishment has suppressed the fossil evidence of extreme human antiquity. So can you talk about some of the evidence you mentioned a few pieces of it before, but can you tell us some of the evidence that that you can cite that that I don't know kind of support that theory? Sure. One of one of my favorite cases is the California gold mine discoveries. In the 19th century, gold was discovered in the Sierra Nevada mountains of right. central California, mm-hmm. and yep. miners went there to get the gold. In droves, and they, yeah. Yeah, and they were digging tunnels into the sides of mountains like Table Mountain near the town of Sonora in Tuolumne County. And deep inside the tunnels in the solid rock, The miners were finding human bones and human artifacts. They were finding uh, obsidian spear points. They were finding stone mortars and pestles. They were finding all kinds of things at dozens of different locations. And what makes them really interesting to me is they were found in layers of solid rock that modern geologists tell us are about 50 million years old. So that's really quite astonishing. So these discoveries came to the attention of Dr. J.D. Whitney, who was the chief government geologist of California, and he published a report about them. The report was published by Harvard University in the year 1880. But we don't read about these discoveries in the textbooks today because of what I call a process of knowledge filtration. There was another scientist, a contemporary of Whitney's, uh, Dr. William Holmes, who was an anthropologist working at the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C., and he said, If Dr. Whitney had understood the theory of evolution, he wouldn't have published that report. In other words, if the facts did not support the dominant theory, the facts had to be wrong, Mm -hmm. and they should simply be cast into oblivion. And actually, that's what happened. But Some of the artifacts from the California gold mines are still in the collection of the Museum of Anthropology at the University of California at Berkeley. They're not shown to the public. They're kept in a storeroom uh, some distance from the museum. But I was able to get permission from the directors of the museum to study and photograph them. They are still there, and I also went into the uh, Sierra Nevada mountains and found Table Mountain and was able to relocate some of the old 19th century gold mining tunnels, 
and uh, more research could be done there. So that's one of the cases. Now, if there were just one or two of these cases, maybe you could say, well, there may be a couple of strange cases, but most of the evidence supports the idea that humans like us came into existence fairly recently. Right. But right. it's not just one or two cases, it's hundreds of them. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't think a week goes by where I don't read something somewhere on the internet about a current find or, or one that happened recently that where something's found that dates back to 150 million years ago or 40 million years ago. And every time I see one of those, I think, yeah, we've only been around for you know a couple, few thousand years here. So how can that be? So where did that stuff come from? And But my question is, with all this evidence that's out there, the, uh, the things you've researched over the years, 900 pages of documentation of evidence in your book alone, that would make people should make people look and think about what we're not being told the right things here. What's the true my things. question? Why are they hiding it? Yeah. What's the purpose other than to say, oh, we were wrong? I mean, well, I think that's part of it. You know, for example, say if, if I love somebody. Mm-hmm. and somebody tells me something bad about the person I love, I may become angry at the person. I won't accept what they're they're saying. So in one sense, you could say scientists today are very much in love with their theories, and when they hear something that contradicts uh, the theory that they love very much, then they're a little bit resistant to it. And I I suppose that's a a natural fact of human nature. Sure. But I think there's there's deeper reasons for it. It has something to do with power. Yeah, there's uh, different kinds of power in the world. There's political power. There's military power. There's economic power. And we see that those who have power don't like to give it up. And intellectual power is a very subtle power, but it's a very real one. And what it allows people to do, this uh, intellectual power, is to define people's existence. Mm-hmm. You know, to say, well, we're just evolved apes, we're purely material beings. If people are influenced by those materialistic definitions of the self, then their goals and values tend to become very materialistic. And they begin to think that to produce and consume more and more material things is the ultimate purpose of human life. And therefore, they become trapped in different economic and political and financial systems that are meant to exploit uh, them as they pursue those goals. If people had a different idea, I'm a being of pure consciousness, I'm just temporarily here in this Mm -hmm. material world, they would have a different set of goals and values. They would be putting most of their human energy into developing the resource of consciousness Mm-hmm. rather than engaging solely in material production and consumption in competing groups. And I think there are forces in society that don't want to see that happen. Correct. So I think ultimately that's that's the reason for the knowledge filtration process that goes in goes on in the scientific world to keep out all the evidence that contradicts uh, the now-dominant theories, which are extremely materialistic. So let me ask you this, Michael. I totally agree with you. I do. But do, do you think, in the higher echelon of things, that there is that higher consciousness, that there are people that have gone there and actually generated it, yet they stay to themselves and try to keep the rest of us down where we are for whatever reason, control or material things or whatever? Uh, I I do think there are forces like that Ah. in the world that want to keep people engaged in competing groups, 
competing with each other for uh, the control of material resources, who like to see people just being good producers and consumers of more and more material things uh-huh. and not engaging in uh, things of a more psychical or spiritual nature because if people went more in that direction, there would be less material production and consumption yeah. right. and people would be more free of the kinds of uh, political and economic control that they're now under. So having said that, I truly feel that for every good there's a bad. I don't know. It's just my way of thinking that there has to, there has to be balance in the world. Sure, that's why people create that kind of okay. uh, yeah. control. Yeah, so if these, I'm going to call them good people at the top, that are more consciously evolved and, and are really on the level that you're talking about, they must still have to grow or become more inept in what they're doing because there's still some negativity there that would want to keep us down, right? Yeah, well, the, the way I see it, the two basically two types of conscious beings in the universe that we inhabit. And... One type is trying to get more and more deeply involved and trying to dominate, control, exploit uh, other people, material resources, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Then the, the other group, which I consider myself to be part of, is the group that's trying to understand I'm a being of pure consciousness you're a being of pure consciousness. We're all beings of pure consciousness. There's no need to divide ourselves into different competing groups based on superficial external things like race and nationality and things like that. Uh, We're all beings of pure consciousness. Let's try to find a way to live together in the most natural, efficient, and harmonious way possible, satisfy our needs in that way while putting most of our energy into advancing back towards our original position as beings of pure consciousness beyond the world of matter. Yeah, okay, which yeah. is beyond the, the the world of birth and death and old age and disease, where the conscious self exists eternally in full knowledge and full pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so let this, me let me ask you this. So, if I mean, I totally agree with everything that you're saying, but you know how they say that that uh, uh, peoples have died out, you know. Civilizations Uh, passed on. Civilizations have died out. They've come back, whatever. Could that be because they get really close to being like that, and the ones that are more highly evolved, for lack of a better term, just kind of blow us off because we need not to go in that direction? They don't want us to go in that direction? Yes. Ah. Uh, So... The... The universe actually goes through different phases and cycles of time. Okay. You know, just like in the year in the temperate countries of the world, you know, you go through spring, summer, fall, and winter. Yeah. And the conditions are different in each season. Yes. It becomes progressively more difficult oh, right. uh, like to that. survive yeah. as you go from spring, summer, fall to, to winter. So now I would say we're in a wintry season mm. in terms of the overall progression of, of time. And in previous ages, there were civilizations that were arranged in such a way that people could satisfy their material needs in a very simple way 
and really make a lot of advancement on the the spiritual level mm-hmm. and prepare themselves to get out of this alternative sort of reality where there's birth and death and old age and disease and go back to that level of pure consciousness where everything is deathless, full of knowledge, full of ever-increasing bliss. Could that have happened to Atlantis? But yes, and the ancient Vedic writings Mm -hmm. tell us of such civilizations that existed in the past. But now we're kind of in a wintry season where it's still possible, like just because it's getting cold, it doesn't mean you have to freeze to death, but Uh it is a little more difficult than it was in previous ages. So they're they're actually giving us the opportunity to know how to put on a coat. Yeah, I have to say your volume is going way down, and I'm having a little difficulty in hearing. Oh, sorry. Let's do this then, Michael. Let's take a quick break here. And uh, do a little announcement. We've got to pay a couple bills around here, so I'll do some <laughs> advertising. Let's get right back with you. We're talking with Michael Cremo, the author of Forbidden Archaeology, The History of the Human Race, and some of the things in his book that are really pla- uh, plaguing a lot of people's minds with their questions about, the, uh, about our existence. So let's take a break. We'll be right back, and uh, we'll talk with Michael Cremo in just a few minutes. Join Sharon and Skip at their next Talking to the Other Side event. Sharon and I have held this event every month for over 18 years. This event happens on the first Saturday evening of every month. We meet in a group setting. We spend three full hours with the group, and we will use our psychic slash medium abilities to take as many questions from you and provide answers as we can. Your questions can be about any topic, whether it's something you're facing or you need direction on. We will also talk with those who've passed on, providing one more time for you to communicate with them, showing that they are not really gone and that their connection has never left us. We make it fun, we keep it lively, and we keep it real and down to earth. You can order dinner or desserts from the menu before or during the program. Doors open at 5 p.m. and the event goes from 6 to 9 p.m. But you can come and go anytime you like during the program. This event has constantly been sold out, so remember to get there early and save your seat. The cost is only $20 per person, and remember that you have two psychic mediums to talk with for three full hours, as we make it a point to talk with every person attending. For more information on this and our other events, go to our website at PsychicSpectrum.com. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Okay, we're back talking with the American author and researcher Michael Cremo, and thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. Um, You can also talk to him if you have a question for him or for us, uh, whatever. The phone number is 425-373-5527 or toll-free 888-298-5569. All right, and Michael, welcome back once again to this segment. I have a deep question for you. I want to know, with all the presentations you have made, and even in the scientific circles, as much as they'll let you in, have you ever been shut out of scientific presentations with the, your, your evidence, your talks, uh, things like that? Well, sometimes that does happen, and if it didn't happen, I don't think I'd be able to call my topic forbidden archaeology. <laughs> yeah. If, I, yeah. if I didn't get forbidden every once in a while. Right. Now, there you go. That doesn't happen all the time. I've, I've spoken at dozens of scientific conferences mm-hmm. around the world, major international scientific conferences. I've spoken at universities around the world. Uh, my books are in 26 languages, including Russian. Oh, wow. So once I was in, in Russia, I was at a university there. Some professors had invited me to speak about my book, Forbidden Archaeology. And a lecture was scheduled. But then some other professors in the university found out about it, and they went to the director of the university, and they convinced him to cancel the lecture. Wow. 
So the professors who invited me went to the head of the local branch of the Russian Academy of Science, and he said, well, if they won't let Michael Cremo speak at the university, then he can speak here at the Russian Academy of Science building. So they had buses bring students and professors from the university to the Academy of Science building. And the professors who invited me said more people came than would have come <laughs> I believe if it. they had held the, uni- <laughs> the the lecture at the university as originally scheduled, because everyone was wondering, what is this man going to say that's uh-huh. so dangerous that his lecture was, exactly. was canceled? Right. Backfired a little, didn't it? <laughs> the universe it? works in great ways. Well, have you, been, yeah. have, you, have you been prevented from presenting by government agencies or government officials? I mean, uh, I mean that was a university, but how about actual governments of a country? I don't have any direct evidence of, of that. You know, I can't say that that's happened, but uh, it, it does happen, you know, in different venues. You know, people, uh, I mean, most of my speeches have been at universities in some places, I, w- I was able to speak in Russia, for example, at the Russian Academy of Sciences. In England, I was able to speak at the Royal Institution, which is one of the oldest and most respected mm-hmm. scientific institutions in the world. But uh, I, because basically I, I see three kinds of reactions to, from scientists to my work. One group I call the fundamentalist materialist. You know, they they don't like what I do very much. They don't want to hear it. They don't want anyone else to hear it. And I put them in the the category of those professors who tried, who got my lecture canceled at at a at a university. And that's one group. The other group I would say may be supporters of the current theories, but for more or less scientific reasons, which means they're willing to listen to alternative ideas. They're willing to listen to evidence that may not go along with the current theories. And it's scientists in that group who have invited me to speak at universities who have accepted my proposals to present reports at major international scientific conferences. They may not agree with me, but at least they're willing to listen, which I think is an important first step. It is. Right. Because if yeah. ideas are going to change, the first thing is people have to be willing to listen to them. Exactly. And then among those who do listen, there are a few who actually agree with me. Right. Now, in many cases, they are scientists who have personally experienced uh, what I call this knowledge filtering process. Mm-hmm. They've come up with some discovery, and they need, need a lot of opposition uh, because they're going up against the dominant theories. Sure. Now, you know, I have, I have in front of me some notes that I made. And you wrote this book in 1993. This is 25 years ago. And this subject is still accepted and, and yeah. loved the reading. It's by people worldwide. Um, you said, what, 26 languages and yeah. Russian? Um, uh, the most recent was Chinese. Wow. We're Even on top momentum. of that. Yeah, you're gaining momentum. <laughs> but, you know, you wrote this book, and then you wrote another book in, two, in 1998 called Forbidden Archaeology's Impact. Then you wrote another book called Human Devolution in 2003. And like Forbidden Archaeology, the claims are there that man existed for millions of years. But you've done every, through every possible research into the paranormal ever conducted anywhere to prove the truth of holistic Vedic cosmology, which proposes the presence of a spiritual element in all matter. Now, you tapped into that in the beginning of our show, but... You've gone even further with things. How many books total have you written about this subject? Uh, six or seven. Yeah. I, yeah I, I, 
I counted six that I could see, but I, I wasn't sure of the number. But, well, I'm kind of working on another one, so that's wow. where the Ooh, seventh good. one comes. I, I'll have to. Cool. We'll have to have him back on when he gets it out there. People can can get your book anywhere. I'm sure it's on Amazon, right? Yeah, they're available on Amazon. They're also available on my personal website, mcremo.com, M-C-R-E-M-O.com. Okay, So, good. yeah, there's... There's a lot of options for getting getting the books, but mm-hmm. if, if they have, as a first stop, people could look at my website mcremo.com. If people M-C-R-E-M-O. have questions, can they send their questions yeah. to that website? Yes, there's a there's a mail drop there for okay. me too. They can send questions. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Well, that's great. Cool. Cool. That's cool. great. Would you? We just missed you. You were in Seattle a week ago. Yeah, I was at the Finney Community Center. I was talking about my book, My Science, My Religion. Uh, uh, I had some lunch, a lunch with a, a, a few of my fans there in Seattle at uh, Cafe Flora, which you know, I, I'm a vegetarian, so uh-huh. it's a vegetarian, vegan type of place. Oh, nice. So... Uh, well, we yeah, missed I had you. a very nice visit up to Seattle. I Absolutely. wish, yeah, I wish we could have had you on the show right before that. Yeah. But that's all right. We were we were just connecting about that time, um, and so you know, I, the next time you're in Seattle, send us an email. Say you're coming. And um, oh, okay, I'll have my you know my publicist Lori uh-huh. lives up in Washington State. Oh, okay. So she's. I'll have her get in touch with you about that. Yeah, maybe we can have you on the show live in Ooh, the studio, or we can have lunch with you. We can attend one of your events. That'd be great. That would really be good. I, I could sit yeah, and talk that, to you that for hours. That sounds really good. I hope that happens. Yeah. That means that I actually get to get out of the house. Uh, yeah, like you don't. <laughs> uh, I could talk to you for hours on this subject. You just fascinate me with the things. Like, like I'm going to get the book. I'm going to go and order the book. And I'm not a big book reader, i got to tell you, but I'm going to read your book because I think there's things there. Uh, I'm going to start with The Forbidden Archaeology, that book, and I may end up going through all of these because it's pretty interesting. I'm just yeah. amazed that somebody actually put into a work and com- composed all of these things that, that I've thought all my life and believed, and I, it's just like I just never b- bought into the mainstream theory that, oh, yeah, we've just been here for a couple thousand mm-hmm. years. And I kept thinking, like things like the Kennewick Man, you know, how can that have been such a subject that was so widely publicized all over the world, yet they say, yeah, okay, so that's what we think. But, but, that, we, that's but the we hear end of nothing it. now. And it dies. Yeah. That, that just is imb- unbelievable. That's just proof right there that things are hidden and forbidden for us to know. To let that Among die. The many. So, do you, have you heard about the Kennewick man? Uh, yes, I have, and that that's related to the whole question of the peopling of the new world. Right. You know, the I mean, the standard idea is that there were no humans in North and South America until <laughs> maybe twenty thousand years ago, when they think. Some people came over, you know, from Siberia. Walked across the ice. Uh, across a land bridge yeah. to uh, Alaska and then kind of wandered down mm-hmm. through North America and South America. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if, if you look at all the evidence, there's a, a, a lot of evidence that shows that people have been around a, a lot before that and that there was considerable diversity among the people in, in terms of where they came from. So it, it's, a, it's a really interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it, I could spend, like I said, an hours or weekend or a week talking with you about this. It's been very fascinating. Um, well, I wish we had more. I t- do. I spend hours and hours <laughs> weeks yeah. weeks talking about yeah. these things. I wish we had more time. People want to hear about them. Absolutely. I wish we had more time to talk with you, Michael. I appreciate, Sharon appreciates it. 
And I'm sure our listeners appreciate having you on the air with us talking about this just to hear from the person who actually wrote the book, did the research and compiled all this. So I want to thank you for coming and talking with us. Yeah. Even if it is by telephone. My honor and pleasure. Thank you very much, both of you. I want to thank you, Michael, for when you come up here, you're going to let us know so I get to go out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Michael, and I hope we can talk again in the future. Definitely. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wow, that is fascinating. Oh, I that, tell you, I, I love this stuff. Oh, I wish we could have had him on here for hours. Well, hey, we got a long time. We're on here for as long as we want to be. That that's true. <laughs> so let's talk about what's coming up. Well, next week is you and me, right? Right. We are okay. going to be the guests. No yes. one other than just us, Sharon I, and Skip. Do I get paid? Uh, sure. I'll give you a dollar. Okay. So we are going to spend the entire hour with you to discuss some of the things that we do and how we do them. And we want to take calls from mm-hmm. you and we'll, we'll do psychic readings on the air. We'll connect with uh, people who have passed over to the other side. Which we love to do. And so that hour is going to be all us. And yep. who's, who's the guest in two weeks? Phil and Sheila Gonzalez. Oh, that's right. Yes, Phil and Sh- Yes, and they're going to be talking about CBD oil. If you've had questions, you've been wondering about it, if you need more or better quality of oils, these, got, these people have researched this and they've developed their own type, their own strain of CBD oil. And it's pure. It's, it's two strains. Oh, well, yeah, two strains, actually. And I want to say that it's potent, but I don't mean it's potent to where it gets you high like some of the CBD oils out there. This is very wow. controlled THC levels in it. Um, and it's just great stuff. The you You'll hear more about our results that we've received or achieved from it. And then the week after that, who do we have? I believe it's Jing, Tom. Is it's it? Tom Wolf. Yeah, he, Tom, uh, Tom is an attorney in Seattle, and he is the lawyer or the attorney changed again. For, <laughs> for our sponsor, Ginger's Pet Rescue. And he's yeah. going to be speaking all about the pet rescue, and I think that's going to be fascinating. Well, it, yeah, because I don't think people understand. I right. didn't. Because she's done this for two decades. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be fun just to interview her and see what what all goes on. Yeah. So we want to acknowledge Ginger's Pet Rescue yes. for being our sponsor, and we appreciate it. There, Like she's I said, she saves person. thousands, over 20,000 dogs now every year. She saves dogs. Go to her website. There are death row dogs. You can look at the dogs that are available for adoption. Pick your next best friend forever at one of her next adoption events. And they're always nearby because... She does them all around the Puget Sound. And and look on our website when fundraisers come up because that's Correct. a fun thing to, go to, and, go to, too. And everybody that goes there and gets a dog gets $100. They get $100 <laughs> off of if their adoption fees. Psychic Spectrum the, Radio if, Show. That's right. That's right. So just tell her and you'll get $100 off the dog. Yeah. And I can't wait till next week because I love taking calls. Right. I it, hope somebody it's gonna calls. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Katie, and, call in. <laughs> Yeah, Katie, call us back. <laughs> hey, and, you know, don't forget, you can contact us through our website at psychicspectrum.com. Um, so, like we say every end of the show that we do, with our last thought, our theme song says it all. It's a wonderful world. And thanks for listening, and we hope to see you or talk to you next week. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye.